If you see my spatula and my apron sitting on your front steps, just know I'm upstairs going hard. Bing bong. On today's My Dad's a Chef, we go over not just chicken parm, but the two other parms. There are three parms. We go over the other two. There's the two are not as popular as the other. We're going to find out why. We're going to go over that. Billy made chili on Monday. So he's going to talk about how he made his chili. We're going to go over Billy's chili recipe. Our ASMR of the month, we're going to plug that. And remember, the winner of our ASMR of the month gets a $10 gift card to a restaurant of your choosing. We'll plug right there. A new segment we're going to bring up, our food fact of the week. And as always, stirring the pot. All right. Let's get cooking. Hot off the grill, bitch. It's my dad's a chef. Presented by What Do You Mean Productions and sponsored by Penny's Pickles. Tastes like a penny. Penny's Pickles. I'm your host, Kyle, alongside Bill, and our dads are chefs. We know we're talking about Billy. How you doing? I'm doing amazing. I am happy to be back on My Dad's a Chef for another week. Another great week for food topics. I want to start off today's episode by plugging the ASMR of the month. Again, the ASMR of the month is a contest held on our social media pages, specifically our Instagram. What it is, is there is a 20-second clip that is posted of me cutting something up, and your job is to guess what it is. The winner gets a $10 restaurant gift card of their choosing. I would personally choose Dunkin' Donuts, free coffee for at least three days. That's what you would choose? Why not? I mean, any restaurant. I mean... That's the restaurant I go to every day. That's fair. No, I mean, I thought you'd get something different other than copy place, you know. But what would you, what would I you do? do? I, do. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, like, I think about it, honestly. I mean, $10 of chilies wouldn't kill you. I mean, that's an app. That's an app and a drink. No free ads. No free ads. But we do have a free hint to give away for this week. Our hint is out of everybody that has guessed so far, Nobody has gotten it right. And nobody's come close. To a degree. To a degree, yeah. I, I want to shout out one good guess of celery. Celery was a really good guess, but it is not correct. I can understand where celery comes from, come from the sounds, because there's, there's some ripping that's occurring. You can hear a rip happen in the sound, but it is not celery. I've had guesses of peppers as well, not peppers. We had an onion guest as well, not an onion. So, so far, no correct guesses. So, again, Celery, I will say you're on the right track, but that's all I can say. You're on the right track. I think everybody has enjoyed chicken parm once in their life. I think it's a staple. Honestly, when I was playing little, like literally baseball, or like even like during our, remember, like our junior football banquets. What was always the main course? We'd go to DeBurrows in Bradford, Massachusetts, and they would always serve chicken parm with pasta. They would always serve chicken parm and pasta with a little salad and those little, um, like, circle breads. Rolls. 
the roles. Yeah. My dad's a chef. Everybody. And now we're, we're like, that means like, you really think about it. Chicken parm may, is like a staple entree, mainly Italian cuisine, you know, but do people really ever think about veal or eggplant parm? I think it's very rare to ask someone straight up and like, I mean, I could, this could be a stretch. Can you tell me if this is a stretch or not? If you go and be like, yo, have you ever had eggplant parm? Like, I think, like, eight times out of ten, they'll say no. About veal parm, I mean, eight times out of ten, they'll say no, or they've never realized they're actually eating veal parm. Chicken parm, oh, my God, love chicken parm. But the other two parms, I think, and, again, chicken parm's the goat. But arguably, I mean, eggplant parm could be better than chicken parm. The thing about eggplant parm texture-wise, I just think, like, a meat is a lot better for a parm than an eggplant is i feel like the bite is a little bit more softer you know what i mean mm-hmm. i mean i'm a big veggie pizza guy that's where i get my like for eggplant pot i'm thinking like oh, okay this is kind of stuff without the crust and it's just eggplant i mean it's very simple it's just tomatoes and cheese and eggplant i mean it's just basically like a fucking chicken pie it's definitely the most healthy of the three parms because you're eating a plant and some are more wide, some are smaller, you know, some taste different depending on the, you know, quality of the plant of egg. Quality of a plant of egg. <laughs> My dad's a chef. Have you, ever, have you ever seen why eggplants get their name? No. It's because when they're growing, they start off as little white balls. So they look like eggs. So are you, are you, a, I'm thinking you're more of a veal parm guy then, or is chicken parm like your number one? Well, chicken parm is obviously the number one. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Eggplant, I'm probably putting three. Veal gets number two. I've probably have definitely had more chicken parms than veal or eggplant combined. I think anybody has. I've definitely had way more veal than I've had eggplant. I've had eggplant a handful of times. I feel like I don't even like, I'm like trying to remember it. And the only thing I can really remember is just that I'm not a big fan of it. Well, a lot of Italian restaurants, they give you the option. They have all three. So there's actually a restaurant um, in Salem. And I might be getting this wrong, but I know it's, I know the, the restaurant I'm talking about is Amalfi. It's called the Amalfi Special. And it comes with a, with chicken and veal parm. So you get like the best of both worlds. See, I feel like a lot of people don't like veal because of where it comes from. I feel like I've heard pretty commonly that people don't like eating the meat of a young cow and that veal comes from young cows. Sorry to pull the wool from your eyes if anybody that didn't know that. Yeah, sorry for all the, yeah, sorry for all the ones that, you know, aren't that big on animals dying. Pour pour out a glass of milk for those young cows. But that's why we have eggplant parm. Yes, because we don't care about plants' feelings. I mean, we really don't care about chickens either because chicken parm, I mean, you're lying. You don't like chicken parm. Well, yeah. Lying. Unless you're allergic to the sauce or allergic to the cheese or dairy. Or well, if you're allergic to the sauce, you don't like any of them. Fair. Yeah. I feel like I feel like we don't really talk about veal or eggplant parm enough as a society. I think that veal is good, but I still would definitely rather chicken. Well, I think it's different because, like, you don't call a steak veal. You know what I mean? When somebody, when somebody that is very basic in what they consume looks at a menu, they see veal parm, that kind of scares them. 
they'll go right to the chicken farm. When they see eggplant farm, they'll go, oh, it's too fancy. I don't like that. And then they go to the chicken farm. I will say my dad, I feel like has eaten more veal parm. Even my mom at that point too. When we go out to eat, I feel like they are more prone to getting a veal parm than a chicken parm. And they know, they know where good veal parm is too. Yeah. And again, but it's because they're not basic, you know, consumers. They, they're, they have a big wider range of what they eat. Like my dad, you know, my dad would eat an eggplant parm probably over a chicken parm. And he's straight up honest. They're really good. They really get overlooked, especially when you go to an Italian restaurant. I mean, you really want to be fancy at an Italian restaurant, get an eggplant farm. So would you comfortably go out on a limb and say that if you would rather, maybe I shouldn't say, would you rather out of these three, if you aren't willing to try a veal or an eggplant parm, you are basic for liking chicken parm. No, because I understand why people won't eat eggplant or veal. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I definitely would choose chicken parm. You but if you, you, you don't want to try, you don't want to try it. If I you mean, told me I was basic for liking chicken parm, Fucking, I got the latte, Uggs, leggings. I got all those on. Like, oh, you're going to hate on me for liking one of the best entrees in history? Okay. Ever. Like saying, you chicken, like chicken parm's a top five food. No doubt. Would you have a pizza over a chicken parm? Like if somebody offered you a full pizza or a chicken parm? What would you I have? think I would rather a pizza. Depending on the pizza, I think. Like if it's a it would if it was like a good chicken parm to a bad pizza, I would rather a chicken parm. But if they were both good, like both like my two top favorites, I probably would take pizza. And our food fact of the week this week is brought to you by needtoknowfacts.com, the website where you go, where you need to know the facts. You want to know the facts? We know the facts. Needtoknowfacts.com. You ever wonder? why crackers have holes in them bill you know it's not something i think of often but now that it's presented to me i'm pretty curious i was scrolling on twitter the other day and i saw i I don't know why i'm weird and i saw pictures of crackers and like you're in the i really made me think like you ever notice like where ritz have like the three little holes in the middle of the cracker and like saltines have like them all over the place there's a reason why crackers have holes in them even like well even Cheese it's with a little hole in the middle of the cheese it. They're not just there for the looks, they're actually there to serve a purpose, right? Without the holes, crackers would not bake properly at all. A good example is when my dad makes pie, he has the pie crust and he has like a uh, he makes a bunch at a time and he rolls out the dough and he has a little roller with spikes in it and it carves out holes. So that way when it goes through the oven, it's not like inflated so high it balances itself out and everything stays flat interesting i never heard i never even heard of a utensil that can do that yeah me either they just gave me it and my dad's like yeah i'm gonna show you how to do it and they gave me it i started like going in on it and like making a bunch of holes however so cracker dough contains lots of air bubbles that expand while in the heat of the oven the holes known as docking holes are purposely purposefully put in the crackers by a machine called a docker, these holes allow for air to escape from the crackers so that it can bake properly and evenly, like what I just said, but it also ensures that the cracker comes out flat. That is our fruit fact of the week, brought to you by needtoknowfacts.com. Need to know the facts, go to needtoknowthefacts.com. What an interesting food fact of the week. When you put that on the sheet, I honestly was like, wow. That's actually a really interesting one. I feel like that's one that you don't think about every day. 
because now I'm trying to think about all the pastries that I've ever eaten in my life that have holes in them because yeah. baking bread it, it's pretty common that on top of bread when you put the dough in the oven you'll put like slits in the top of it and they'll expand and that's just to help the dough from instead of rising upward it rides kind of outward mm-hmm. yeah that's that's interesting the whole science behind it it's crazy and it's because you think when you think of a pie too like when i think of a cartoon pie i think of it having like three little slits in the middle you know what i mean yeah oh, it's so interesting no, interesting I'm thinking like a pop tart, like an unfrosted pop tart has little holes on top of it too. Mm-hmm. What else has holes in it? I really don't know. Like, I think any pastry you kind of got to like do something to it. Yeah, cheese was a good shout too. Actually, that that's a really interesting one. I'm surprised like a goldfish doesn't really have holes. The eye. Is that a hole or is it just like it's an indent? It's supposed to be a hole. Eye of a goldfish, I think is the whole. Uh-huh. I had some, I have to go look, but that's right. That's the only place you could put it. It makes sense. I could say well, it. it could have a butthole. I don't think fish, goldfish have buttholes. Do goldfish have buttholes? Do you guys know goldfish have buttholes? If you, if you out there know if goldfish have buttholes, Billy, where can they go and tell us where goldfish have buttholes? Yeah, so we were talking about the cracker, not the animal. Uh, you, can... <laughs> I mean, no, maybe no. maybe we're talking about the animal at this I point. Mean. Maybe we're talking about the animal at this point. <laughs> you can send us pictures of goldfish buttholes at my dad's <laughs> a chef pod on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my dad. Yeah, please, please send us goldfish butthole pics. We want to see the goldfish. We want to see the goldfish's chocolate starfish. Maybe the winner, the person that sends us the best goldfish butthole, will get a prize. I mean, send them in. We want to see that Gadusi. <laughs> the wagon. What the fuck is wrong with us? Peter's gonna come after us and go, yo, fuck these guys. <laughs> yeah, after we fucking talked about like how ruthless it is to kill a cow, but we'll fucking pour one out for a baby cows getting murdered for veal bar. <laughs> Peter's gonna be all over us on this episode. <laughs> and speaking of buttholes, let's talk chili. I actually made my first crackpot chili the other day. And it actually came out really fucking good. Really? Yeah. I think that people shouldn't be afraid of chili. Chili is way easier than anybody should ever think it is. Well, Billy, why don't you tell us? I would love to. I would love to. All right. So I was tasked to find a healthy crockpot chili to make for this week because we live in the New England area. And it was frigid in the New England area this week. So the base of this uh, healthy crockpot chili is uh, ground turkey. So it's a pound of ground turkey, uh, two teaspoons of olive oil, one medium yellow onion chopped, three minced cloves of garlic, one small red pepper chopped, 
four tablespoons of chili powder, two teaspoons of ground cumin, one teaspoon of dried oregano. Optional is a quarter teaspoon of cayenne pepper, depending on how much spice level you want in it. A half teaspoon of salt. One can of diced or crushed tomatoes, preferably a 28 ounce can. Half a cup of chicken broth. Two cans of red kidney beans, rinsed and drained out of the can. And it should be a 15 ounce can. One can of sweet corn, rinsed and drained. Should again be a 15 ounce can. And cheese, avocado, chips, sour cream, however you want to do it up for the extracurriculars. Recipe is extremely simple. What you're going to want to do is you're going to want to take your turkey, brown it up in a pan so there's no more pink, put that in your crock pot. Then you want to take your onions and your red pepper. You're going to want to brown those up in a pan as well until they start sweating, getting a little brown. Put that in your crock pot. And then you're going to add all of your spices. You're going to add the garlic. You're going to add the chili powder, the cumin, the dried oregano, the salt. If you choose to use cayenne pepper, you add the cayenne pepper. Then you're going to add the diced tomatoes as well. You're going to add the chicken broth, the kidney beans, and the corn. At that point, everything's in there. You can keep it in layers if you really want to, or you can divide it nice and evenly throughout the crock pot. I've seen people do it both ways. Personally, I like to mix it up. And then all you're going to do, put it in the crock pot, cover it, put it on low for six to seven hours or high for three to four hours. Make sure you're stirring it occasionally. If you're going to be away from home, I would recommend stirring it first. So that way you, that way it's already all stirred up. All the spices are already distributed through. You're not going to need to distribute the spices through all throughout, but I work from home. So it's very easy for me to just stir it every hour or two. And then all you do is just plate it, serve it. Like I said, you want to use some cheese, some avocado, some chips, some sour cream, whatever you want to put on your chili, brother, it's all there for you. And it's a nice warm meal that's ready from when you're home, especially if you work an eight hour day, leave it on low. Like I said, turn it on before you leave. It's ready from when you come home. Nice home cooked, warm meal, healthy, flavorful. Everything's ready to go. Yeah. And it's a great recipe. Honestly, it's great for something like a tailgate, you know, a potluck at work. Like I said, it's ready in three or four hours. If you put it on high, I, I, I was impressed. I think people shouldn't be afraid of chili. You, chili you, was not hard. You're supposed to use ground turkey, right? Yes, yeah, so you can use ground beef if you want to. No, that's sweet. That's pretty solid. It's kind of uh, similar to how my mom does it. She makes. She's like the only thing she makes is chili and chatter, and they're phenomenal. And it's kind of how she does it too. Yeah. If you guys want, we can make a little reel of just getting the chili prepared, honest cooking even though that's probably going to be the best honest cooking we make. Or if you want, we could give you guys a recipe of a week. Let us know. Let us know what you want us to tell you how to make. Give you a recipe of the week. Come up with a segment. Come up with a little reel. You never know. Let us know. Let us know what you think in the comments below. Also, like and share the pod too while you're at it. It's time to introduce our new segment, a new segment we like to call that we've been thinking about for a very long time, 
Fair or foul? Popcorn! Pizza, yeah! Hey. Get your like Ice cold beer! Ice cream, hot witches! Where the listeners are the umpire. Now, we're going to. Now, this segment is strictly on sports stadium foods. The best way to explain it, the best way to put it. We got very inspired last week by our Houston Rockets hot dog story. What was that called again? The, the jumbo hot dog, the hot jumbo mac and cheese hot dog with bacon and fruit loops. Again, disgusting. So we decided that every stadium, doesn't matter if it's football, basketball, baseball, minor league, major league, soccer, internationally, like every stadium has a weird food. I mean, it's not really hard to think of one or come up with one. So we're going to introduce one every week. And then you guys, the listeners, you're going to be the judges, the umpires, the referees, however you want to put it. You can be weird. I don't know. And you can judge on our Instagram stories if they are fair or foul. This week, for the introductory, the inaugural, fair or foul, I got a good one, Bill. You're actually, you actually might like this one, I think. It is, a, it is the... Dilly Dog from Globe Life Park in Arlington, Texas, home of the Texas Rangers. Now, it's to, to put it in the simplest context, it is a hot dog inside of a pickle. So it was invented in Globe Life, Globe Life Park, and it's straight up a dill pickle cored and stuck with an Angus beef jumbo hot dog that is battered and deep fried. So it's like a corn dog with a pickle and a hot dog inside the pickle. That sounds amazing. It actually sounds really good. I'm not gonna lie. And this is and this is me talking shit about the Rockets hot dog from last week and me being the most basic hot dog guy in the world. I mean, I try it. It's a corn dog with a pickle and a hot dog. I mean, that sounds like actually delectable. That. I'm a big fried pickle guy. Really like fried pickles. I think that'd be served really well with ranch. It checks all the boxes, honestly. Yeah. I mean, weirdly, uh, no, never mind. I was, yeah, you can only eat that with ranch. You can't eat that with like ketchup or mustard. I feel like you could because what well, you put ketchup on a burger. Ketchup on a pickle? Ketchup on a burger. You put pickles on a burger? I think, I think burgers are different than hot dogs. But it's and made of Angus beef. It's basically bologna and a pickle and. Yeah, no. But it's an Angus beef hot dog. I want to do pickle. I want to do ketchup now. I, I think ketchup. it would be good with ketchup too. I don't eat ketchup. Well, that's fair. You don't eat ketchup, but as somebody that's normal and eats ketchup, I think that it would be pretty good with ketchup. For the argument of it's an Angus beef hot dog, and burgers right. have pickles on them, and you put ketchup on burgers. What about barbecue sauce? See, barbecue sauce is where I might draw the line. I'd have to try it. I feel like I got to be a don't mock until you try it kind of person with a lot of the different sauces that you could put with this dilly dog. I think the barbecue taste could match the pickle taste. Yeah, like the sweetness. It would be like a sweet barbecue sauce, though. It couldn't be like a very like savory barbecue sauce. So you'd have to use like sweet baby rays, yeah. Like yeah, because that. That, bar- that would balance the sourness of a pickle, I think, well. Yeah, so... What'd you think of it, Bill? So if you had to say it's fair, foul, what would you think? I say it's fair. Uh, that, that is in play. That's down those, that's down center field, brother. Like that's that's not even okay, that's well. not even close to the line. 
We don't say down center field, but it's okay. So now, what do I say then? What do I say then, Mister Baseball? Ball, you hit, hit a dead center. All right, it's dead center. Dead center. Dead center. Fucking line that. over the wall. No doubt about it. Well, now we're gonna now this the part of the segment comes for you guys. Now we want you guys to go on our IG page after you listen to the pod and let us know if you think the Dilly Dog is fair or if the Dilly Dog is foul. And now for the third week in a row, I'm back. It is time for another edition of the only reoccurring segment on this podcast. I gotta stop introducing this segment like Billy does. Stir in the pot. Stir in the pot. Where we debate popular common food topics because we can't. Bro, you can't even fucking get Billy, the ending right. You can't Billy. even get the ending right. You keep interrupting me. We can't get listen, the ending right. Listen, dude. All right. I put you in the intro. All right. Whoa. Hey, whoa. Hey, this. yo. Whoa. Whoa. You right? put me in the intro? Holy shit. It's my third time. All right. I'll, I'll make fun. I'll, I'll, I'll give you crap. When Isn't you... third time supposed to be the charm? Not when you've aced the first two. I mean, you can slack off a little bit on the third one. I mean, nobody's perfect. Fair. That's the old college method right there. Oh, I got an A in this class. I just need a C to pass. Yep, I'm not studying. So, for context, I got a new job. We'll find out later what that is. If you don't follow me on Instagram or anything like that. But I got a new job. And before I leave, my dad wanted me to come help him out cooking and shit. So, I said, yeah, why not? I, was, I love working for my dad. Working for and with my dad. So... I've done, honestly, and, and like, I mean, Billy and I have culinary experience to a degree, so we've kind of seen, we can honestly say we've seen almost every aspect to a certain perspective of a kitchen, and since I've been working with my dad, I've been hitting every avenue of, like, working in the kitchen, working in a bakery, and I honestly really enjoy working in the bakery more than the kitchen, so leave me to ask, and I think this is a good start in the box. We think we might differ on this. I don't know yet. I haven't discussed this with you. Would you rather be a chef? Would you rather be a baker? Now, we're not, I don't mean to discriminate any bakers out there. Bakers are chefs too. But like for the sake of the argument, we're going to call chefs, kitchen chefs and bakers, bakers for what they are. So that's a good question. It, right? That's actually a really good story in the pot topic. Because right. I feel like there's really two big trains or schools of thought. If you're a chef, you're good at cooking actual food. You're good at the appetizer and you're good at the entree. You're good at being able to cook a significant other, like a good meal. You're good at being able to go to a restaurant and running your own menu, creating your own menu. And you're good at just general food practices. But then when you become a baker and running something like a bakery, like you just make people happy. Like if you're a baker, what you make purely just makes people happy. And I feel like being a baker is pretty hard. I mean, they're both hard. Let's be honest. Like they're both hard to be really good at. But I feel like I've always been told by like my dad or like other people I've talked to that like being good at baking is a very hard thing because- Straight formulas. Right, exactly. So and. It's a lot of trial and error, especially if you're trying something new. Mm-hmm. Like I've been making a lot of chocolate chip cookies recently and 
the mat the batch of cookies I made this week were very soft and almost were like a bread texture. And my girlfriend fucking loved them, but I thought they were the worst cookies I've ever made. Cause they had no crisp to them. The edges were crispy, but the inside was like legit bread. Like, I don't know how I managed to fuck up a chocolate chip cookie this bad. I literally just followed the recipe on the back of the chocolate chip cookie, uh, the chocolate chip bag. And they came out poor. My girl, like I said, girlfriend loved them. I mean, hey, brownie points to me. That's a great thing. But I fucking hated them. I thought they were bad. And it's hard to be good at that. Like, it's hard. It's the way to be good at baking is to do it consistently. But if you do baking consistently, you get fat. So... I think that I think I think you hit it on the head with saying like baking just makes people happy. It makes people happier because with food, I think you have to be a little more particular in what you're making because I think everybody has different taste. Obviously, everybody has different taste buds, and everybody has different opinions on certain dishes, certain entrees, like you know what they like on chicken or what they like in a salad and what everything's different i feel like baking is so centralized to what people actually like that people kind of overlook aspects of like what goes into baking and what goes into making like a cake or a cookie or something so everybody just like looks away from it and it kind of makes baking very simple and i think it allows if you're a baker i think it allows you to be way more creative baking you know it's so more commonly enjoyed than cooking yeah it's i feel like I feel like both are done recreationally, but you hear more people baking recreationally than cooking recreationally. Well, cooking's good for your mental. Well, baking, baking's good for your mental. Because it touches like all five senses. You ever think about that? Sight, you look at it. What is the hearing aspect of it then? Oh, without getting too weird with it. I mean, get weird with it, brother. We, I, I don't think we've ever held back punches on being weird before. We were just talking about goldfish buttholes not too long ago. Beating the dough and, like, you know. Uh, well, I guess you hear, like, crispiness. Like, you know, like, you can hear crisp. That is important. And then, like, touching. You're, like, kneading dough. You're, you know, basically using your hands to obviously make whatever you're baking, like you are with cooking, we, we, we just kill sight, hear, touch, taste. It's got to taste good, right? There's one more. I'm an idiot. Smell. Smell. Smells great. Can't burn. I apologize to the listeners. I'm smarter. My dad's a chef. But the question is, would you rather follow in your dad's footsteps or would you rather be a baker? I'd rather be a baker, I think. I think I would rather be a baker too. My girlfriend always tells me that I have like baking is like my low key secret skill. I like to bake. Like I made the, I made bread before that was pretty good. Like I said, she loves my chocolate chip cookies that I think are terrible. Yeah. I think, I think I would rather bake. I think it's more fun. Cause you think about like when you get like a new neighbor or something too, like you bake them cookies or like you bake them brownies, like you bake them something. You don't like make a meal for them. You make them like a little treat, a little sweet treat. And I feel like in an office environment, since I work in an office environment, pre-COVID, it was nice to like bake a batch of brownies and just bring them into work as like a, hey, like we've been doing great work. We just finished this really big project. Like here's a batch of brownies. Not like here's a tray of chicken parm. You're the one that bakes for people at work? No. Well, my mom's a baker. So I feel like I get, that's where I get it from. You know, like she would always like, she makes chocolates for people. 
don't know. I feel like baking just gives you more opportunities to do nicer things for people. But not to say you can't with cooking, but I feel like people would much rather take like a plate of cookies than a tray of chicken parm. Like baking is a staple in the holiday season. People are always baking each other shit. People aren't like cooking each other or anything. They're more baking. You get more cookies and you get like chicken salad. I don't fucking know. It's interesting. It was interesting one to think about. It was kind of interesting to think about when I was there and I'm like, huh, I kind of enjoyed making cookies more than I enjoyed making a chicken pot pie. Sorry to our dads that we don't aspire to be chefs. Before we end the pod, could you imagine yourself being a chef at all? Could you imagine yourself like doing it? I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast before. No. But my dad works at a trade school that I went to. And when you pick your shops, you have to pick like your top three for the trades that you want to be in. And I picked culinary as my number three. Because I told my dad, like, I don't think I would not mind being in culinary. And my dad, straight up to my face, said, Billy, culinary is not for you. And that is when my dreams of being a chef died. Your dad said that to you too. No way. Said that to you too? <laughs> so mine was very different, basically. I was sitting in my kitchen table and I'm picking my shops. And I was picking my third one and I was choosing between health doc or uh, culinary because I wanted to, you know, my because like a good perk was like, I could do co-op with my dad and, you know, be very good at what I'm doing. And my dad walks in the room and he asked me, how are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm picking my shops. And he was like, oh, what are you doing? What are you thinking? What are you thinking? And I was like, I got one, I got two. I just need a third one. Thinking about doing culinary. I think I should do that. He goes, nah, you don't want to fucking do what I do. They walked away. <laughs> Shout out to our parents for at least keeping so, it real with us. I went further eventually. And I was like, why do you want me to be culinary? And he was like, oh, no, fucking cooking all day. That fucking sucks. No. Yeah, my dad just straight you know up said, my dad just straight up said, you will not be good at this. <laughs> and now you have a food podcast. Yep. Who's laughing now, dad? <laughs> My dad's just like, Kyle, you would do not want to do this every day. Your dad was just like, Billy, you're not built for this shit. I mean, hey, you've seen some of the things I've cooked. I don't really know if I have a chef in me. Apparently, I got some baker in me, though. I got I to gotta start doing – Yeah, I've been slacking on reels from my end. I'm going to bring that on the pod for, you know, see, because I, I, I can cook, man. I think I can cook. So – we should start a reality TV show. You know how there's like, so you think you can dance. We should do so you think you can cook. Who we have on just like contestants, random people. Yeah. Pull people off the street. Do you guys think that's a good idea? Let us know. We'll be the judges. We'll have a secret judge. Maybe the dads, maybe not, but that should be pretty funny. Reality show. So do like what Gordon Ramsay's doing. Oh yeah. Shit. Gordon Ramsay is kind of cornering the food reality tv show market Dude, isn't everybody's he? got one fucking bobby flay has one guy fieri has like 20 of them but again my dad hates those shows he hates like fire rescue and kitchen nightmares and sit my dad likes like chops and like beating bobby flay and iron Chef. that's different like that. but those I, are like actual like cooking competitions though yeah like master chef i like master chef too i think that the drama it like really brings in with like different challenges and setbacks mm-hmm. to people when they fail other tasks is really good I love Chop, though. The one thing I love about Chop is it's different every episode, and there's different contestants every episode, and there's different ingredients every episode. It's just so amazing. Like, like it shows how talented these guys, like these chefs actually are, and it's insane. 
He loves diners, drives in the dives over for some reason. But I think it's just Guy Fieri. I don't know. Guy Fieri is electric. You can't hate Guy Fieri. You really can't. And Guy Fieri does not really specialize in desserts, but I'm sure if he could, he would give them to you. So, Kyle, let's give the people their dessert. I want to know what a Guy Fieri cake would taste like. Spicy. Probably, like, topped with a bunch of, like, chicken nugget crumbs and Cheeto. It's, like, your birthday, and, like, there's, like, flaming Hot Cheetos as your candles, and, like, the icing's made of gravy. It's, like, a meat cake. So it's like a cake. With like, it's a meatloaf. It would be a meatloaf. It's a meatloaf. All right. So it's a meatloaf with gravy icing, chicken nugget crumbs around the edges, and then it's your birthday. So flaming hot Cheetos as your candles. So imagine you're eating that and going to Flavor Town. We ask you again to please like, rate, share the pod. We're hungry. We know you're hungry. We all got to eat. So let's eat. Thank you guys for listening again. And as always, a disclaimer my dad's our chefs. We know what we're talking about. Thank you, guys.